Welcome to Accountable Love, where love means being accountable. My name is Aziz, and today we're going to have a guest, Joy Locken, and she's a abuse, narcissist abuse um, coach. Narcissist this and narcissist that. We scroll on our feed and all we hear are people talking about being abused or avoiding narcissists. Do we truly understand what it means to have a narcissistic personality disorder? Well, today we sit down with Joy Lockett, who is a narcissistic abuse coach, and we discuss her bouts with having narcissistic relationships, and we discuss what it truly means to be a narcissist. All right, enjoy. First and foremost, I want to ask you, you know, what is a narcissistic abuse coach? Yeah, so, um, well, I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a narcissist abuse coach is someone that has experience dealing with um, narcissistic uh, individuals. And um, what I do is I help uh, victims and survivors um, overcome narcissistic abuse. Okay. So you know we're, you know, we're the Accountable Love Podcast, so we believe in, you know, accountable relationships. When you hear accountable relationships, what do you think of? Hmm, yeah, I think of relationships where people are, like, invested in the relationship or they take responsibility for themselves and how they're showing up in that relationship. Okay. And, um, yeah, just taking ownership and being true to themselves and to their partner as well. And, yeah, that's that's what I would say. All right. I mean, that's good. That's good. That's a good start. So the first thing I wanted to ask, because we all believe in defining our terms. On this podcast, everything's about defining terms. Because you can't have a discussion with somebody that has a different definition of what we're talking about, right? So when you think of a narcissist, what is your definition of narcissist? So the, for me, um, and even I know like on websites, they say that the narcissists are people that have um, a high sense of self um, and uh-huh. they have a low regard for other people's feelings. And um yeah, that they're just individuals that will abuse their uh, partners uh, mentally, emotionally, and psychologically. Um, and they will also take advantage of that individual person um, with no regret, no remorse for their own personal gain. And they would have good pleasure in, you know, abusing that person. Okay, that's definitely, I think that's an important piece. The fact that they take pleasure in it. They take pleasure because there's a lot of people that, you know, abuse their partners, abuse their friends, abuse their relationships. And though it's harmful, it's harmless, meaning it's not something they're doing because they're intentionally getting some kind of, you know, reward or some kind of emotional gratification from it, you know? So I think that's a great point. So when you witness, you know, when you have or encounter people that have been in narcissistic abusive relationships with are the main things you, you know, you, you see coming out of those relationships, meaning the victims of narcissistic abuse. 
Yeah, the, that's a good question. The main thing that I see is, you know, a lot of them are very angry, um, very resentful. Um, some of them, they do miss the narcissist. Um, some of them could feel guilty um, for allowing themselves to be in that situation. For You know, in their minds, they think that they wasted their time. And um, some of them, they miss them. They want to, some of them even want to go back to the narcissist. Um, even after being um, abused and mistreated like that. Um, and then also I see, you know, a low self-esteem. A lot of them have low self-esteem, low confidence as well. Okay. Um, so those are some of the things that I see. Yeah, so like when we are having, we had the discussion, it's funny you reached out mm-hmm. and we, you know, you was like, you know, let's be on this podcast. Can I be on this podcast? Can we talk about this topic? Because I was recently writing an article in a blog on the topic because I'm scrolling down my feed and all I see is all these people talking about narcissistic personality disorder, right? Constantly. And I, you know, I did, a, I, had a, I had an undergrad in psychology and I know it's a diagnosis. It's not something a bunch of people have. It's a diagnosis, it's extreme. But you hear all these people that aren't qualified having a discussion of, regarding narcissistic personality disorder. So when you see those videos and being that you, you know, coach people that are going through this, what do you think when you see those videos? Of people <laughs> uh, talking about narcissists or NPD that are not really qualified to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think maybe it's probably they shouldn't, I guess. <laughs> they should mean. I know myself, I speak on it because I actually lived it. So, okay. like, I am qualified. But I think maybe some that aren't, maybe they could, They when they have dealt with a narcissist, they could just be feeling angry or frustrated or they just want to vent, you know? But how do they How do they know they're with a narcissist? How, do, how are they dealing? Like, they know that they're with a narcissist versus somebody who's just self-driven or somebody who just doesn't want to be with them and using them for whatever they want them to use them for? Uh, Yeah, I could say that it's, you know, um, how often they're behaving in a certain way or like, mm-hmm. you know, if, is it just from time to time or is it like everyday lifestyle type of behavior pattern in a way of relating to that individual? So, you know, like the narcissists are the ones, I think you were saying like, it's like extreme extreme it's extreme yeah it's right. an extreme diagnosis extreme mm-hmm. diagnosis yeah but then versus mm-hmm. someone that's just like maybe a little arrogant egotistical not necessarily saying they're narcissists maybe they could have high self-confidence and that's great like you want they to- self-indulged yeah right they, they mm-hmm. may just from time to time be like okay yeah like i'm the i'm the ish or like i'm you know they may try to prop themselves up but then other people it could come off as like okay like you need to calm down a little bit, you know, and then some of them, the ones that aren't narcissists, they may even apologize and say, Hey, you know what? That was wrong. I shouldn't be. Cause some people, they say like, they may show off or flaunt certain stuff and be like, Oh, I have this and you guys don't, you know, and then they may later be like, Oh yeah, that was wrong. I'm sorry. You know, but a narcissist is not going to do that. They're not going to apologize for anything. Um, but one of the things I could tell you about narcissists is they actually do intend to hurt their victims. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an intent. So they set out to do so, they, right? That they want to harm the people that are around them. 
Definitely. When you think of narcissistic personality, narcissistic personality disorder, right? It's a, you know, it's a mental condition where a person has an inflated, they inflated, you know, sense of own importance. Right. So when I'm thinking of it, we live in a social media age. So in the, in the blog that I'm writing, I'm really looking at it and I'm breaking it down. So I'm like, we, in, we live in a social media age where everybody has an inflated <laughs> sense of importance. We will take a picture of our food and post it. We'll take a, you know, we'll dance, go clubbing and post it. We'll just sit and look in the camera with music playing and post it. As if we're a brand. So, like, how do you distinguish between a person that's a narcissist and a person that is just living the way we live now in our society? You know, again, it's about... Because the thing is, some people can show themselves that they want to share their life with people, you know? And... That's the age of social media. It's not necessarily saying that they're a narcissist or that they're selfish or that they're abusing or mistreating a person for their own personal gain. Because I can go to the club and I can have my phone, you know, or I'm like looking at myself and like, you know, hearing the music in the background. But that isn't necessarily saying I'm a narcissist because I'm not mistreating anybody. I'm not um, abusing anyone and I'm not lying to another person um, or taking advantage of an individual, you know? So Definitely. that is the difference. I mean, that's, I guess that's just how the world is now. It's just, it's everything is on social media. People just want to share themselves and yeah, they, they just want to uh, let people know what they're doing, but um, it, they're, they're not harming anybody, you know? Um, okay. You know, so, that, so that's how, that's how you would separate it. Yeah. It, it, because, because go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say because um, narcissists, they they will uh, mentally abuse a person. They will emotionally abuse them, psychologically abuse that individual with their behaviors or the words that they say, how they treat you and the interactions with them. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, like some people, they may be building up their self-worth and their self-confidence and they may just want to show like, what they're doing or maybe they could be like a blogger and they're like recording their life it's not necessarily saying that they're a narcissist they're just showing things off just i don't know it could just be for whatever reason they want to but it's it's not saying that they have that they're a narcissist or anything like that definitely because i mean these two these first two um symptoms of being a narcissist is obsessive attention right. and admiration mm-hmm. and an inflated sense of importance. Right. Those two things is everybody in the social media age. Mm. Well, I guess... So distinguishing is, 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 is becoming a little more difficult. Now, I I know I'm not like... It's a, it's a diagnosis. So in my... I'm, we relationship builders. Mm-hmm. We're not clinicians. So clinicians will diagnose somebody with having this condition based on ch- a checklist. I'm I'm not gonna look at somebody and say you're a narcissist because I though I may be able to identify it, I'm not qualified to say they're a narcissist. You know what I mean? Even in our sessions, when we have sessions, we're there to make sure that we understand the relationships as a whole, 
and then try to, you know, help the people navigate in the relationships they're in or navigate from a relationship if it's abusive or hindrance to them. But we could identify those things based on the fact that we do have certain, we do have certain credentials and things of that nature where we can now do that. But when it now goes into telling them they're a narcissist, we wouldn't do that. We'll, you know, refer them to a condition and have them go through that process. Mm -hmm. So how would you say, okay, you, this person comes to you. Because it's you're, you're dealing with the victims, right? Right. Not necessarily the narcissists, because they would go to a clinician, right? Right. So you're doing with the, you're dealing with the victims. How would you know that they were actually in a? I know that you said you've been. Well, matter of fact, just touch on the fact that you've been in one. Do you have a problem with sharing no, your story or? Yes. Okay. Um, so just give me a background on the story before we move on to that part of the question. Absolutely. So. um when I was uh, 17 years old, I moved to uh, California and I lived with my aunt and um, I didn't know that she was a narcissist until after the fact that I went no contact with her. But I do remember that there were um, certain ways that she talked to me and treated me and how she made me feel that made me at least think or I just felt like something was wrong. I felt like something was off. and. Um, it just, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel normal to me, you know, because okay. where I originally came from, I'm from Delaware and my mom, she wasn't perfect, but she just didn't treat me the way that my aunt treated me. Definitely. So, um, there was that difference, meaning, you know, like she would criticize me all the time for like the slightest, like little thing. Um, I wasn't allowed to have emotions. I wasn't allowed to have okay. my own personality. Um, you know, and she would always be constantly comparing her looks to me all the time. Um, I couldn't have friends like that, um, you know, and if I did or, you know, she would try to sabotage it or she would be comparing. She would say, like, you know, oh, well, so-and-so has their degree. Why don't you have yours? Or so-and-so is in this college. Why, why aren't you in this college? You know, so it's a constant comparison, making me feel, you know, less than, you know. And then even mm-hmm. the part where coming in regards to like the emotions, you know, and I know some people may have their own opinions about it, you know, but when I wasn't feeling the greatest, she's telling me like, hey, don't feel that way. And I'm thinking, well, why not? I'm feeling this way. Like, let me express and be myself, you know, or even if she's asking me to um, like if I did a chore in the house or something, she's like, well, oh, this doesn't look that clean or it's you need to do it again. Or if I'm up in the floor, she's like, oh, well, you missed the spot. Like, so it's like, you're not even really appreciating the fact that I did it, you know? So it was just always, I felt like I wasn't good enough. And I know that that was not healthy and it wasn't normal, you know? Definitely. So that's where that came from and why I came to that conclusion. And also with the male narcissist that I dealt with, I met him on, um, I see his, uh, a few of his videos on YouTube and um, we connected through Twitter, which actually a, a lot of narcissists um, can be online. But I know we're in the age of social media, so you have to be particular about it. But anyway, Definitely. so um, the situation with him is it was nice in the beginning. A lot of times narcissists will love bomb their victims. Um, but after that, um, I actually found out that he lied to me about being in a relationship. I didn't know he was in a relationship. He told me he was single, but he was actually with someone. So that was a red flag. Okay. Uh, the other thing was he um, 
when I would be around my uh, one of my really good friends, he would compliment her, but he wouldn't compliment me. But it was like him and I, we were like seeing each other. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then as we got into the relationship, um, I found out that he would gaslight me from time to time. So meaning he would make me doubt my reality and make me question what I know was true. He would make me doubt that, you know? Can you give me an example? Yeah. So like, I remember one time we was at In-N-Out Burger. I don't know if you heard of that, but we went to a little restaurant. You said no? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. So we went to this restaurant and he was just talking to me. um, And he was telling me, he was like, oh, uh, you know, um, he was like telling me I was, uh, that I was doing well. And I was doing good as far as my music. And I was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, yeah, my dad told me that I was number one. He was like, I never said that. And I was like, what do you mean? You just said that. You told me that I was doing well, you know. And then another time, he actually connected me with this one girl. She was a um, music producer. And um, I was asking him about her. And I was like, oh, you know, well, um, so-and-so, her and I, we caught up with each other and, you know, she's doing well. And he was like, I don't know who that is. But meanwhile, he was the one that introduced me to that person, you know, mm-hmm. um, another occasion, actually, he connected me with this, uh, singer songwriter and I'm not sure what the heck this guy did to her. I have no clue. Um, but I know that, um, I think he ended up meeting up with her in New York and meanwhile, fast forward, I reach out to her and I'm like, hey, how's everything going with your music? Let's do another song. Because I, I was, we had interest in music. He was a music producer and I wanted Okay. Anyway. And you was an inspiring artist? Yeah, I was an inspired artist and he okay. was making beats and teaching other people how to do the same. And so anyway, I reach out to the, uh, the singer songwriter and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And she was like, hey, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah, sure. So she calls me and she was like, hey, Joy, you know what? Um, it's not personal, has nothing to do with you. But she was like, if you have um, contact, I'm not going to say his name. I'm just say the narcissist. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. You know, I can't have anything to do with you. You know, it's not personal, but I just I can't have no contact with you anymore. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? What did he do? And she was like, well, it's none of your concern. Um, but I just I can't have contact with you anymore. And I'll tell you, like, that has never happened to me in my life. Like, I mean, people would explain, like, what happened, no matter what the situation was. But she didn't tell me, like, what he did to her. And even to this day, I wish I would have known, but she did not share that information with me. So I knew that it was something wrong then. And even that meeting that we had at In-N-Out Burger, he was saying that she was crazy and this and this. And she actually told me, she said, Joy... I need you to like stay away from him. Be careful. Um, something is off. And I'm like, in my mind. But she didn't give you no explanation on why. No explanation. And that was the weirdest okay. thing. And I'm like, what happened? She just would not tell me. And she, like, in a sense, she tried to warn me. She tried okay. to warn me. And that's actually what um, a lot of victims and survivors they go through where people are telling them that, you know, hey, this something is wrong with this person, like, be careful, you know, um, or they may even try to warn, like, a new supply um, about the narcissist or whatever, but it's like, it doesn't work. Well, she didn't do, she didn't, she didn't do a good, she, she didn't do any justice 
yeah. warning you because she was supposed to give warning is giving you a full understanding and letting you come to a determination on your own. Right. She just gave you, you know, like I'm not choosing somebody I don't know over somebody I do know. So if somebody walking to me, don't, don't don't be around my friend. I'm looking at them like they're my friend. Right. Keep it moving. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, she didn't really try to warn you, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, she just was kind of like she threw something out there, but yeah, like you know. she didn't really tell me, and and I just I'm just so like I don't know, I'm like you could have said something, tell me, like, but even mm-hmm. if you would have told me, and this is common for victims and survivors, we really don't listen anyway. Yeah, because I mean, we're who does? so attached, we built that relationship, we built that bond with the narcissist. And it's like we have to actually experience whatever the narcissist has planned for us, and it's not anything good. So. Uh, let me let me just tell you, it's not just being in a narcissistic relationship. When you are in a relationship with somebody, it's a faith. So when somebody comes and tries to rock your faith, they better have evidence. Because you have to believe the people that you actually have a connection with. That's just healthy relationships. Like, I'm never going to disconnect from somebody just because somebody comes and says, well, you might want to stay away from them. They might have had a bad experience. You don't know why the chemistry didn't work out. You don't know what happened. So if you don't have a full understanding of what happened and what occurred, and she didn't give you any background. Right. Like, you you, you wouldn't have left even if somebody gave you background because, obviously, y'all had a different type of chemistry. So... I wouldn't think that that's on you. That's just natural relationship practice in general. But go ahead. So yeah, no. So um, so those experiences I had, and then also just the triangulation part of the narcissistic abuse is where they will, and and this is actually common with relationships in general. But mm-hmm. um, he had the part where he would always be mentioning his ex a lot. Um, he would, um, like when we go out for like a date or something, he would be like flirting with the the waitress, you know, or like if we go to a store or whatever, he would have like a long, long flirty conversation with the person at the counter. And I'm just thinking like, okay, like that's a little weird. And, but the thing is, is narcissists, they like to, um, uh, bring up that insecurity in us and to make us feel like, okay, we have to like fight for their attention, fight for their approval, um, to work harder, to please them. Um, and as I said about him, um, saying that my friend looked at nice, cause we both, I thought that we both looked at nice, but he went out of his way to be like, Oh yeah. So and so like, you look really nice today. And I'm thinking like, Oh, I don't look nice. Like, you know, so it was like him bringing up that, you know, that insecurity in me, um, narcissists do that because in a healthy relationship partners usually don't do that they're you know they want to make sure their partner feels comfortable and safe and secure um but when you're dealing with an abusive uh, narcissist relationship that's some of the things that they could potentially do i mean yeah i mean that's that's tough i mean the, the lying part of it the lying part of it is a is a trait is a quality are you sure he was a narcissist? Are you sure your aunt was a narcissist? Like, they were diagnosed? Like, you're 100% sure? Or you just seen the tendencies? Because there's there's a lesser degree. Like, we see men that constantly just cheat on their, their, their spouse. Mm-hmm. Now, we can call them narcissists because it's abuse either way. You know what I mean? They're cheating on them. 
without giving them a, a, a choice, right? And they're coming home and maybe having children outside the marriage. And it happens both ways, but I'm just going to use men. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily considered narcissists. Right. But they're just looking out for self-gratification. Right? Yeah. No. And they... Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say that um, narcissists can cheat, too. That's a part of it. But I'm not saying that just because a person cheats, they're a narcissist. Not in any way. And, um, yeah, so... And, the other reason why I do say that, um, especially the male narc in my life was one, because I remember I would type up um, the phrases that he would say to me, like, he never said that, um, you know, when he would tell me things that I know for sure that he literally just sat there and said, you know, I would type it up on my phone and I, I it said narcissistic personality disorder on my mm-hmm. phone. You know, and I know that I've never had an experience like that in my life ever. Like, and then I'll tell you another reason why I say that he was a narcissist is because, and I'll give you an example about my aunt too. So with the male narc, so we had a, a different type Narc for short, narc. Yeah, I just, because it's, it's such a long term. It's yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm going, I'm going piggyback. Right. Just so, narc. Um, so with that, it, it was like. The relationship that we had, we dated for a while, you know, as I said, he lied to me in the beginning and told me that he was single and he wasn't. So that I should have cut it off right then and there. But because we had already built that foundation, you know, for like friendship, whatever, bond. So I thought he was going to leave his girlfriend. He was actually asking me to be his side chick and I turned him down. And be his what? Say that again. Be his what? Like a side chick. Or like be his second. Oh, a side chick. Like oh, a I thought you said sidekick. I'm like, what? No, no, no. Like a. Thought he was a. Thought he was a superhero for a second. But go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he he was wanting me to be like a, a second girlfriend, basically. And I yeah, told him that I wasn't really comfortable with that. And so I think All right. from that point on, um, he was out to get revenge on me, which a lot of uh, narcissists will do because. And that's the thing, like an average guy may be like, okay, I'm charging into the game. There's other fishes in the sea, whatever. Or they may want to like throw it in the girl's face. Like, okay, I'm with somebody else. I don't know. But normally in the relationships before this narcissist, it was never to the extreme. Like they was trying to hurt me if I had turned them down. Right. Definitely. Now with this, go ahead. What'd you say? No, I said definitely. Yeah. And so, um, but with this. They're going to do more than that, but. Go ahead. <laughs> Most <laughs> men are never, like, I felt like they was against me. Like, it was weird. But anyway, so what happened was we still remained friends. And, you know, we was, like, seeing each other from time to time or whatever. But I don't know. I just, uh, things were changing. And I think it was, like, maybe the last, either the second to the last times I had seen him, I just saw, like, this look in his eyes. And he just looked like he was... I don't know, like he was in a daze or something. And I think he had started seeing somebody. He, I guess he was in a relationship at this point. And, um, you know, he, I did see him as like a mentor, someone that, you know, I could like look up to or he could support me, whatever. Long story short, I um, went on social media and I found out that he was in a relationship. Now, this was actually after I told him like, hey, I just moved into my new apartment. This was years ago. Um, but he was acting like he was excited for me and happy and like, oh yeah, I'm going to come over and, you know, um, 
see your apartment. And then I find out he was in a relationship. And then he calls me and he's like, oh, um, Joy, like I'm in the area. You, you know, is it okay if I stop by? And I basically told him no. So that was uh, something, I guess, that got to him or whatever. And um, so we, and he gave me the silent treatment. That's another narcissistic abuse thing that they do uh, where they don't talk to you for a long time, especially if they don't get their way with you. And so, you know, I reached out to him because I'm thinking like, oh, like we're friends regardless, like whatever. So, and he, so I call him and he's all like, oh, you must have seen my Facebook post. So he automatically goes right into like, cause he, what he ended up doing was he posted a picture of the new person that he was with. And this was like, after I had told him like, no, I'm not really interested in you coming over, blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, oh, um, you know, did I kill your dreams? And I was like, no. Even though, in a sense, it was hurtful what he did, because he was like basically saying, like, my chick bad, like with the picture of the, the girl that he was with. And on, in the comments, they were like, oh, she's so sweet and this and this and that. And I'm like, OK. But anyway, he was like, oh, um, did I kill your dreams? And I'm like, no. And then that was pretty much it. And then I just, it was done for me. I I was over it. And then going forward, I noticed that I started to get phone calls. People were calling me from block numbers, private numbers. And then also there was an individual that called me and asked me for the narcissist. They asked, they called my phone asking for this individual. And I'm thinking like, well, we're not together. He's in another relationship. So why would he be with me? You know, so another thing that narcissists will use is hoovering tactics to get their victims back in that cycle of abuse. And, um, you know, and also they can use intimidation. They can also um, do it like a smear campaign where they are talking negatively about now. Now we're getting somewhere, but go ahead. Now yeah, we're I know. Somewhere. It's like, okay. <laughs> so those are the types. Now we're definitely getting somewhere on that. Okay. Right. Now, let me just give you the examples with my aunt and the reason why I say that she's a narcissist. And by the way, these are things that I have never, ever experienced when dealing with other people. And that's okay. another reason why I say that they are narcissists and that they were different. So with my aunt... So as I said, narcissists will love bomb you. And this could be parents, friends, romantic partners. Now with my aunt, within the first one to two years of living with her, I could say that I was I was the golden child. I, I was spoiled. I got anything that I wanted. And she she was, you know. Okay, before before you move on, can you explain what love bombing is? Yes. So our listeners will have a clear understanding of where you're going with that. Yeah, love bombing is like, you know, they are being super accommodating to you and, you know, they will treat you the best. And oh, you, know, okay. you could be, you could feel like you can do no wrong. You, you're like almost put on a pedestal to a certain degree, but it's only used to get you stuck in that relationship. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just a it's a form it's a tactic used when an abuser wants to make you feel like you know they're interested and you know they 
want to get to know you and they're just showering you with a lot of attention and a lot of uh, admiration and care and love and all that stuff. So that so it's 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 stroking your ego. It's yeah, killing to yeah. your ego. Stroking your okay. ego, making you feel loved and cared. Because you know, you know, love. Like this is accountable love. We don't believe love is an emotion. It's a lifestyle. It's a dedication. So when people use it, just free. You know, that's one of the big signs. Like call it what it is. Cause that's definitely not love. Love doesn't hurt. Right. Love is not with the intent to hurt. So when right. you use love, they pretend to love you. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah. So that's why I want them to know what love bombing was. Cause you know, we're really big on making sure you use love in a privileged form. Right. Lifestyle. Great. In a great light. But go ahead. Yeah. No, that, that, that was a good question that you asked, but, um, so yeah, in regards to my aunt, um, yeah, I was uh, she love bombed me basically, and um, and it was sweet. It was sweet. I thought it was that was like how it was gonna be while living with her, but boy, did I have a rude awakening coming. <laughs> um, I would say like within two years, I I noticed the change. Um, again, that's where I noticed that she was always comparing herself to me. Mm-hmm. She was always. Um, uh criticizing everything that I did. I could not do anything right. I wasn't able to have relationships uh with uh guys or girls. Like even if a you know, I was young again. I'm I'm 32 now, but at the time I was like 19. You're still young to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than 32, but yeah. Right. Still young. You're still young. Yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, so yeah. No, I was just saying that, you know, the, the reason why I said that she was a narcissist or they call it the somatic narcissist. And this is a person that's focused on their outer appearance. Okay. Their, feet, their looks. And also it's like they are focused on, you know, um, how they look to other people, whether it's the house. And I mean, yeah, we all want these lovely things and there's nothing wrong with that. I yeah, encourage definitely. But I'm just saying, like, she was, like, super abusive behind closed doors. Like, you would never, ever, ever, ever expect that from her because on the outside, everything looks beautiful. Everything looks amazing, right? But, um, so, yeah, so she would try to sabotage my relationships, whether it was uh, with my girls or the guys that I was potentially dating. Um she would be very like entitled to what I did in my own life. Like, you know, trying to force me to do stuff that I didn't want to do. Um, again, like I said, I wasn't allowed to have an opinion. Um, I wasn't allowed to feel my emotions. And I noticed too, like when I would be around her, she'll always try to make me feel less than, or like she would try to get me upset, but she would find great pleasure in that. So I'll tell you, now this is the last time that I was around her was back I think it was early no it was late 2014 going into 2015 we had this um do what I tell you to do that type yeah of you froze oh can you hear me yeah I can hear you I can hear you now oh, okay but yeah so she would try to use finances you know to try to control me um but so we had this meeting and she was just asking me she's like yeah so how's everything going you know, because um, I had moved out. I, I couldn't take living with her. Um, 
And, you know, so we had the meeting at the mall. She was pretending like she was going to buy me something. And I told her, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I, I don't need you to buy me anything. And I think that was her test. She was like trying to see if she could still have some sort of control over me in that sense. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm okay. But anyway, she, she was like, okay, so what are you going to do with your life? And this and this and that. And I'm like, well, I was giving her my ideas. And mind you, I'm young. Like, I don't know. Yeah, have- that's, that's what I'm looking at. The fact that yeah. she's your aunt. But- yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't have all the answers, you know? And she's like, oh, well, I don't think you should do that. that that's not a good idea. And we're literally arguing with each other in, um, in the car at first. But then we... we I calmed down once we're in the mall, but she's like raising her voice and getting really loud and angry with me. But she was just upset that she couldn't control me because narcissists are about control, you know, and um, she was losing it. And she was like going into like a a frenzy, like a panic, you know, and. um, Did she think she was protecting you? And that's the thing. She told me because my grandma had passed away back in 2007 and she told me that the reason why she was acting that way was because she felt like I was her second daughter. And I'm like, okay, I can understand that, but you have to allow me to be myself. Like you don't be doing that to your sons and that they're your children. I mean, I'm your niece Mm -hmm. and I know that you quote unquote care about me, but no. So, um, but yeah, that was her reasoning, but I'm still like, That doesn't make sense to me. But here's the other thing. She was telling me that the reasoning she was coming so hard on me or whatever is she said that she felt like she never lived her life. Definitely. Which is a decent amount of parents. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. And she said that she felt like she got married too young. Mm -hmm. She had her kids too early and she wasn't able to live her life to the fullest. So I guess she saw me. Like, she was trying to live her life through me, you know? Vicariously through you, definitely. Yeah, and so, you know, you had that dynamic. But the thing was, is that all of this happened, you know, we walked around in the mall, we talked, and then we got back in the car. And I, I was just telling her, like, how certain things that she said to me while I was living with her, how it made me upset, and how I felt like I wasn't good enough, and that, you know, I really didn't feel like she was being a good caretaker at the time. And she was saying, this is common phrase that narcissists use, and you can look this up. But she would say, um, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's, now, it's a common phrase a lot of people use. Now, I... It's placating. I'm genuinely sorry, I'm not going to say I'm sorry you feel that way. But the reason they're saying that is because they don't agree with you. Right. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you're not even acknowledging the harm that you caused. And it's clear that. No, I think they're acknowledging it. They just don't agree with you. Like they don't agree with with your assessment of this situation. You get what I'm saying? Like they're not in agreement. They're just like, I'm sad that you feel the way you feel because they don't want you to feel the way you feel. But in their mind, it's, it's, it's delusional. Like what you're feeling is delusional because. What they're doing is trying to support you the best way they know how in their mind with the information they have. So they're like, I don't see anything wrong with what I'm doing, which is also a choice of theirs. But Yep, and I guess the other thing is, too, is that narcissists, um, they do lack empathy. That's another big one. So I Definitely. I, I was going to get to that. Yeah. Skip the head, but I was going right. to get to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel that she had empathy at all for me so that was another thing that made me 
feel that she was a narcissist and um or just had the tendency she could have just had the tendency but it's my belief that she was and the other reasoning was because that last time that we were with each other you know we we were arguing and um she was getting upset like i said she couldn't control me anymore and i'll, I'll actually give you another example but so you know she's taking me back home and I don't know. I, just, I felt really upset because I was just like, I didn't really feel loved by her. I just, I did it. And I, I don't think that, um, like anybody could know if something is genuine. Like I, even a child can know like when they're being mistreated or when something's not right. And I, I just felt like it just, it wasn't real. Like the care and the love, I didn't, I didn't get that feeling. And so I just found myself just like, just crying I, I was literally crying in a car and I looked over to her she had this smirk on her face like she didn't even like consult me and she was like is there something that I could do she just literally we drove um she took me back to the my place and then that was it there she didn't even say like is there anything that I could do to help or you know I'm sorry that um do you I, think I, you offended her no all the things she was doing in her mind, she was doing for you. You don't think by making that statement about your feelings, you offended her? I think that it was an assessment of, you know, what I felt was going on. But And I can tell you that I've always thanked her and appreciated her for everything that she's ever done for me. So it wasn't like. I would, in her mind, she could be like, oh, well, she's just being ungrateful or, you know, it, it was never that because I, the way that I grew, I always had manners. I always thank people for things that they do for me. And it was not like that. So. But don't you think that that, like saying that takes all of that back? Like for the last two years, I've been feeling like you haven't been supportive. You've been nitpicking. You've been. You know, you nitpick on everything I do. You isolate me from my friends. You do X, Y, and Z for the last two years. And you say it in one term, even though all through the times you have been, um, you're great. Thank you. I appreciate this. I appreciate that. I appreciate this. I appreciate that. Doesn't that offset all of that once you say that to that person in their mind? No, because we're having a, a conversation and I'm communicating. I'm expressing my feelings. I'm not blaming them. I'm saying that this is how it made me feel. I'm not saying, oh, you're a bad person. I'm just saying like, well, this is when you criticize me. I, I went out of my way to wash the dishes. Like she didn't even ask me. But when I washed it, oh, this isn't fully clean. Like she seems I mean, like a, she seems like a perfectionist. And that's the thing. You know, I mean, people in general could be a perfectionist. But that is another trait that uh, narcissists are there. They everything has to be super, super perfect. Super like nothing can be wrong. Yeah, so, that's I mean, it seems to me like she was you the only girl in the house? Yes. Yeah. It seems to me that she was easy on her sons and hard on her quote unquote daughter. It's 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 a typical thing, but when we look at narcissists, like another trait is troubled relationships. I mean, that's a bunch of us, right? Even when you're, even when you're a professional, you have troubled relationships. Like it don't matter. You can be a marriage counselor. You, you still have to connect with another person, and we all have to be on the same page, which is the difficult part. So that's one thing. And when you talked about empathy, when we are in our sessions, let's say when we're in our sessions, 
we give people simple, like we believe the best relationships and the most productive and healthy relationships are simplified. If you can't have simple discussions, anybody that's trying to make it a, a, a bigger, let's say a more confusing discussion by bringing in 30 perspectives versus looking at where we're trying to go, that's where manipulation comes. When somebody's expecting their emotions always to be catered to, that's when manipulation comes. So when you look at empathy, most people see it as emotion. Empathy's not acknowledging emotion. It's acknowledging circumstance. And people are confusing that. Like, case in point, you just made a bunch of statements about, you know, narcissists. And some of them traits, I'm like, yeah, if I don't like something, I'm out. That's self-worth. Like, if you're not going to, I'm not going to put myself in any situation where I'm not being the best I can be and I'm not being honored the best way I can. Now, let's say me and you are talking and you're like, really, I don't like the way you talk to me. I'll stop talking to you. If I don't want to change how I'm talking, like, I don't want to change that about myself. But if I do want to change it about myself, then you brought something to my attention. We can work on it. But if I'm like, this is something I really love about who I am, because I am a very straightforward person. So I believe being direct is absent of pretense. Straightforwardness is a, is a virtue. So it's absent of pretenses. Does it hurt feelings? Definitely. But does it get your point across clear? Definitely. But when you put feelings in it now, you can't hear what I'm saying. So in now when you're looking at both things, I'll be called the narcissist, but we both have feelings, and that's what's missing in this situation. I'm saying what I'm saying, this person's saying what they're saying, but we both have feelings. So I always tell the people we're building with is eliminate the two things you, you and as two human beings have in common, because y'all can go back and forth about that. But why is this person's feelings bigger than greater than this person? So if you're more sensitive, your feelings are more important than my feelings because I'm not as sensitive. So who would you really call a narcissist? Because you're asking a person to cater to, not you per se, but a person would ask a person to cater to every waking emotion they have. They would ask them to make sure that they are everything they need them to be. Like, was you having discussions with your aunt every time these things was happening? Was you having discussions with the guy you was with every time these things was happening? That would be my question to you, because then you now we question if you are uphold if you're uh, if you're you're not disclosing information or you're keeping a lot of things to yourself. Being that you were victimized, definitely, like he shouldn't be dating you and having a whole nother person on the side, right? When he told you he's not going to do that, right? So you were betrayed. But if you're not saying anything and you're just living the life with the person or you're not saying, okay, this is a standard. If you do this, my standard is this. I'm going to eliminate the relationship as a whole. Like when we talk about being the accountable love podcast, we're like, when are we held holding other people accountable? Me and my business partner, which is a, fr a close friend, obviously we are the people who everybody has an issue with because we have this standard. So your aunt doesn't have my qualities, but she has some of them because who's pointing it out? Your other friends are going to do it. 
They'll let you walk into a pile of dump. They'll let you do whatever because they're saving themselves. They don't want to get into the argument. They don't want the conflict. They don't want no problems. It sounds to me like your aunt, though she didn't go about doing it the most effective way, in her mind, she's living vicariously through you. She thought she was being an incredible aunt. Being a narcissist, like, let me give you perspective. Most of the time we diagnose people with narcissistic personality disorder that are sociopaths, serial killers, psychopaths. That's 1% of our population. Then when we look at it, being a narcissist based on studies is 5% of our population. But down my feed, I'm seeing a whole bunch of people saying that they have been in narcissistic relationships when they have just been in relationships that were bad chemistry and they didn't walk away when the red flags were shown. So when you become a victim, yeah, you're going to become a victim of your circumstance. I lived in the hood my whole life, right? Once I became different, because I wasn't, I was a beast like other people in my environment, right? But once I decided that I was going to change that, my environment's not going to change for me. I have to probably change my environment, right? So when you look at it, I'm saying we're now in your, in your, Situations, where's the accountability portion in that situation? Right. Yeah, no. So, and I, I think that that's a good point on my end because at the time I didn't know what exactly I was dealing with. And, Definitely. You know, coming from my background, my mom and my dad were divorced. Okay. And, you know, I was living with my mom at the time, and actually, uh, my brother ended up passing away, unfortunately. And Sorry so I, yeah, thank you. And to be honest with you, I really didn't have a sense of relationships or how to behave in a relationship or how to maintain one or how to be accountable or having standards and being assertive and all this. I, I had no clue. So this was like, I was just learning as I was going. And so after having these relationships, I had to learn like, okay, if you see that red flag or if they lie, this it's over because they're going to keep lying to you, you know, and it's, it's no trust. If there's no trust in a relationship, why are we even here? Definitely. So, so, um, but you know, for me, it's just being accountable is taking responsibility for my, my decisions and my choices. Definitely. And, um, my picker, <laughs> you know, who I'm picking and working on my self-esteem and confidence, you know, so that way when, you know, if I am seeing the next relationship, I can be like, if I'm seeing something that's not healthy or something that I don't really care for, then I can just be like, okay, it's not for me. And then being able to recognize a healthy relationship or. Definitely. You know, and I mean, it, it is more conducive to your chemistry. Because I always use the analogy that I walk in a sneaker store knowing, you know, I, I, I was a sneakerhead my whole life. I walk in a sneaker store knowing the sneaker I want. I'm going to offend a lot of people because I don't want, if they don't have the sneak, I'm walking out. When you know what you want, you're going to offend a lot of people. So now we're now positioning people that aren't, that really have a clear understanding of what they want and mixing them up with people that have you know, narcissistic personality disorder. I'm a confident person, right? 
somebody may believe, and they can put that stigma on me, that I have uh, importance, like an inflated sense of importance. But they also can say the same about you, right? They also can say, like, because we took pictures, we on social media. You can hear me? Yeah, but you're frozen. Yeah, you're frozen on you. <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> That's why I asked. Okay, yeah. there it goes. It's back. Yeah. <laughs> so they can they can they can go that route but these are just these the, you got to understand what criteria comes with the fact that they cannot change one thing you know about being in a narcissistic or being around somebody who has a narcissistic personality disorder narcissistic personality disorder there's no cure exactly right so in knowing that I don't know if your aunt could be, she seems like she could be cured. It's just, she doesn't see anything wrong with what she's doing because that was what she was choosing to do. I don't think it was her intention to destroy you. It was just, you was at an age where you're younger and she's older. And I, I don't think that, I don't like, I don't think you felt you had a voice to really say what you had to say. You know, you wasn't in the environment, which is a lot of, Black families, right? Let's be honest. You seen but not heard. So a lot of it is a lot of our voices are stifled. Not in my case. My mother was okay. She she was amazing. But I'm saying like a lot of our voices are stifled. So when I run into people all the time, they're telling me that their parents. Your exact story. I can't have my opinion. I can't do. Th I'm like I can't believe all these parents are narcissistic. They just was it's, it's upbringing. It's what's saying, being said is respect. You can't have an opinion because you know nothing. You're a kid. You know nothing, which I disagree with wholeheartedly. But what I'm saying is, when I ask them, "Did you say anything?" No. Nope. They're gonna get spanked. They're gonna get smacked. They're gonna get disregarded. Right? Because that's what these parents was taught. Right? So can it be unlearned? Of course. Of course, but it takes kids that are going to be courageous enough to put themselves out there. Can you hear me? Yeah, you kind of froze again. I was just about to say something when you were talking. I can yeah. see it. Like, my, side is, my side is live, but yours is frozen. Yeah, that's how it looks on mine. So every time I see you freeze, oh. I ask you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... When we're looking at when we're looking at these, you no, know, and I just asked to share the story to get background and get a clear understanding because I know we talked in the chat briefly, and I was like, "You'll be surprised that my take is a little different on this because I've been on the other side. I've been a leader my whole life and been asked to. My feelings don't matter, like, because I don't deal with the feeling portion of it. I'm like, I, I acknowledge it. You acknowledge it." But we both have feelings. Like, I feel this way about it. You feel this way about it. How is that going to get us where we need to go? So that's what I'm thinking about all the time as a leader. Like, leaders don't have time to philosophize. They got to make decisions. And in making decisions, you got... Some people are going to be offended by the decisions you make, but you have to make decisions. So when you've been a leader in your family, you've been the morale in your family... You get a different side of what we look at it as narcissism because it's like that. Wait, so when you cry, it's just automatically so. Like I offended you because I told you to wash your behind because you stink. You actually stink, 
And I should have said it differently to appeal to your feelings. And what does that do to me, the fact that I can't say it the way I want to say it? Does that not affect my identity? But so I'm saying like empath true empathy is goes both ways. You gotta put yourself in my shoes. If me and you are having a discussion, and you seem from based on your story, you seem to keep a lot of things to yourself. I'm a person that's gonna say it real time. Every time. Because I believe in choice. If I think you look weird today, I'm gonna say you look weird today. If you say, well, I'm comfortable with how I look, I'm rolling with you. If I walk out the house with you, I'm, I'm all in. I just want you to be aware that if somebody says you look weird, I don't have your back because I agree. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I want to give you choice in what you, what you want to do as far. That's what I believe in being a good human being is. Providing choice, giving you the same thing God gave us, choice at all costs. Not based on their feelings, based on empathizing. Understanding I don't like to be lied to. I don't like to walk with somebody who has an extreme different opinion and then telling me that they have the same opinion. I don't want to be placated. I want somebody who's going to be honest and always give me choice in moments. We disagree. We could argue for seven hours. But the goal should always be to come to an agreement because I want to be on the same page with the people I'm around. So when we talk about accountable love, that's what we're talking about. But when we're now classifying things as like a narcissistic personality disorder, this person has it, this person. I'm like, it, it's a really extreme. Like, not a lot of people came across these people. Like, these people will plan this shit. And what I'm saying is this guy doesn't seem like a mastermind. The guy you dated, he seems more like a guy who wants what he wants. And he's going to go after what he wants. But I'm sure if he met a woman that he felt was above him, he'll be catering to her. So what he did was he felt he dated down, and you felt he felt he dated down to manipulate the people around him. But what people don't tell a lot of people when they're being, quote-unquote, a person is telling them they're dating down, right? You have the choice to say, I'm, well, I want somebody who sees them as equal. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and like I said, I guess me not being at the time when I was younger, not being so, you know, experienced when it comes to relationships and not understanding like, you know, when to leave and if it's not what I want, don't like you can't change a person kind of like you were saying earlier, like or narcissists don't change or something like that. So yeah, that that was just a, a journey that I had to learn. But then I'll give you another example in regards to my aunt. Um, I noticed that when I did have interest of uh, moving out because I lived with her for five years and um, she was asking me like what I wanted to do with my life. And I was telling her and she was like, um, she, you know, thinking that I should do something else, which, you know, again, could have been her like, quote, her opinion. Yeah. Her, her opinion. opinion the mm -hmm. best for me, whatever. And I don't know, this, this is just my belief. And I think that I'm really going to put this into practice when I have kids. Like, I'm going to allow them to be themselves. Like, I don't want to push my opinions and beliefs onto them. I'll give them advice. But at the end of the day, I want to be in a position to allow them to make their own decisions. Because I feel like 
when you push kids to do like certain stuff, I think it makes them rebel anyways. But anyway, so welcome. Um, wait, wait till you have a four year old. They're going to rebel regardless. But go ahead. <laughs> It's just yeah. the natural maceration of things. I don't care how good of a parent you are. It's going to just be what it is. But go ahead. Yeah, no, so she she was, I, I was telling her, like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to this college and I'm going to take up music. And she was saying that she thought that I should do, um, like, another major, like, maybe business, which, you know, maybe I should have, but whatever. <laughs> so She wanted um, you to have structure and you was chasing, a, you was chasing something that seemed more far-fetched for her more far-fetched but to be honest even when I did go to that college it was still full of crap because the, the teachers was boring and it was old and they was teaching us out-of-date information that we couldn't really use anyway so it didn't really matter I shouldn't have even went in the first place but anyway so um during that time frame I was telling her like okay like I want to move out and I, I want to you know get out and do my own thing and she was like are you sure you want to do this and I remember like when I had first told her that every single day, she was like, okay, so what do you have planned for today? What are you doing today? And she was like, well, you know, if you move out, you're going to have to pay your own rent. You know, you're going to have to pay your own phone bill. And, you know, and I'm thinking in my head, like, isn't that what adults do? So with a lot of narcissists, uh, narcissistic parents, they will put a lot of fear, um, a lot of anxiety and guilt into their um, caretakers or children to make them feel like, you know, they should take care of them versus taking care of themselves and being independent and self-reliant. And she would make me feel like, you know, what I was doing was wrong. Like I, I couldn't grow up in a sense. Like I, I couldn't be an adult, you know, and a lot of narcissistic parents like to, uh, what is that word they call, it? is it in infantize their children? So they want to keep them as a child even when they're an adult. And um, it, even when I did get my own place, because I, when I first moved out, I had roommates. Mm. But when I had my own place, she was saying like, oh, you're paying all this rent for this little place? Like she didn't even acknowledge and say, congratulations, like you have your own apartment. Like I'm really proud of you, like good job. Like not even saying that I was looking for that, but I'm saying like if, if she really did have care and concern and she was really supporting me, she would be like happy, like, oh, like congrats. Like you moved out, you have your own spot. Like, but you don't even, think she's you don't think she's just a person who's practical and you're more of a person who's creative? No, I think that she was that she was a narcissist. Yeah, you strongly believe that. You strongly believe that because in 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 So yeah, should she would she congratulate you if she thinks that you didn't get the bang for your buck? That's my question to you. If she really believes that because you already have a you already have a preconceived notion of what she should say, which means you're doing the same thing she's doing. Do you do you get that? Well, I, I get what you're saying, but even if that was the case, that shouldn't be really her concern because it's not her place. It's you're right, place. but when she's with you, she's gonna be who she is. When you're with her, you're gonna be who you are. So you know automatically walking in, what is she gonna do? Well, I that's what I'm saying. I didn't know that she was a narcissist. So I had no clue. No, I'm saying based on your patterns of your your aunt, what do you think she's going to do? Criticize it. Enough said. She's going to do that because she's all about you being practical. Like, did you ever ask her why she's doing the things she's doing? I like, seriously, her. like sit down with her and really I, figure out why I, she's doing it. I, 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 I
when things she she never connected with me like that ever we never talked like that she she didn't even have the capacity to do that. i'm talking about did you ever uh, reach out and ask her these things because no because i just i felt like she wouldn't have cared or she it just she didn't care and what would you think of somebody who felt that way about, like, just felt something about you but didn't come in, make sure it was confirmed? What would I feel? Yeah, what would you think about that person that felt something about you but didn't confirm it? That that felt something about me but didn't confirm it? I would yeah. just think that, well, they have their opinion and... But they didn't confirm it. And if they didn't confirm it, then it's that's just their assumption. It could just be from their perspective. And she may say the same thing about me, but the reason why I came to that was because of what I actually lived through mm-hmm. and how it made me feel. And I can also tell you that one of my good best friends of 10 years, whenever I was around her family, it was the complete opposite. Definitely. I felt loved. I felt accepted. I felt approved. And not saying that I even wanted that, but it was just more like they were... Well, you should want that. (laughs) You should want that. Don't deny what You should want it. Yeah, you want that, but it's like I didn't never... I didn't get that from my aunt. Like, I never felt like I was a part of the family. It was always like, you know, I'm just this outsider. I'm the niece. Like, you know... Did 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 you ever look at chemistry? Chemistry with... Yeah, like we're relationship builders. So... Chemistry is a big part of it. Chemistry is a big part of abuse. Chemistry, like if you if you're a person that has high confidence and you're dating somebody with low self esteem, abuse will occur. I can guarantee you that, and it's on both ends. Abuse will occur. The other person is going to start looking at, at them as less because they feel they are less. When you have low self esteem and somebody has confidence or high self esteem, low is less. So it's, it's just what it is. You need to match with people that fit your criteria. And what I want you to see is that you have preconceived notions on how she should act. Do you get what well, I'm saying? I guess it, it, it was in a way where I'm thinking like, okay, if this is a, a caretaker, someone that's supposed to be supporting me, because remember, I originally moved out to live with my aunt because of the experience that I had in Delaware, I'm coming into the, the family and it's like, I'm thinking like, okay, like there any support or any empathy happening, but maybe that was my assumption. I was thinking that I was going to get that, but I, I soon I learned that I wasn't and it was hurtful for me, but I just, I kind of accepted it in a sense, but then now you're you know, taking accountability. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not saying that I'm not accountable. I'm like, I'm realizing I'm not going to get that type of relationship that I wanted from my aunt. And that's, that's fine. But it's like, that's a hundred percent fine. Definitely. Right. I'm not going to stay and still be abused. So that, that was my concern because she was trying to make it seem like, Oh, well, why move out when I can pay your phone bill? Why move out? And you know, you're going to have to pay rent. You're going to be an adult. Like, you know, no, I really think she, I really think she, in her mind, well, I can't, I can't assume, I don't know her, right? But what I'm saying is because you didn't get validation, you didn't get a clear understanding, you didn't verify, how could you in turn say that? So like when we look at being like having narcissistic behaviors, that's why I said we look at it on different ends. You look at it on this end. 
So it's a lot of people who have that are very confident. They're very charismatic. They're out in front. They're the star basketball player. Because I'm around people like that really look at those people as narcissistic because they don't have what they have, right? So they see the world from a whole different vantage point. And then the, the people that are high, have high confidence, have, have a focus, are very, you know, assertive. They also look at the other person as narcissistic because they always tell them how they should talk, how they should act, why are they saying this, why are they doing that. They're being criticized on that end too, right? So I would think your aunt, let's say I met your aunt. I don't think we have the same encounter. But y'all just wasn't, y'all didn't, y'all, y'all, y'all personality traced didn't add up. They didn't no. match. And I guess the other thing is that I knew something was wrong because even her own son, now he, he was kind of similar to me, I guess, in a sense, but he's a guy and he, he dealt with like issues of like anger management and all that kind of stuff. But he, um. He told me, he was like, Joy, like, when you get a chance, he was like, move out. Like, he even wanted me to leave because he was like, something is different. It's wrong, you know? And so, I don't know. I just know that. You I, wasn't I mean, happy. You wasn't happy. You weren't happy in the space you was in. That's one side of it. I'm saying if you're owning your side, you just wasn't happy. Yeah. But side. in turn, yeah, but in turn, how could I now without trying to forge the gap? trying to get clarity, trying to get an understanding why this person is acting the way they're acting. How could I in turn label a person something without having a full, like without trying 100% to build that connection, to have a discussion, to call her out, to make sure she's clear on what she's doing. If I'm just sitting back and, and like taking it, and now I'm documenting everything that's going on and everything that's being done to me and everything that's... So like... Every time, like, you're documenting, you're basically saying this, because this is what I'm saying. We are living in two different perspectives on this on this situation in this life. My whole thing is our jobs, because you're a coach and I'm a relationship, I'm a relationship builder, right? And our job is to, no matter what we like or don't like, is to narrow our focus, listen to what's being said, and be impartial, Right? And then being impartial, if you're not giving a person choice, you're not like putting that And granted, you was a young kid. So that's with that in mind, right? That's with that in mind. But I was also a young kid that opened my mouth, got spanked and kept talking. Like you will not silence me. So understand, we, we, we look at it from different vantage points. I also had a brother who would just take it, right? I always looked at him and was like, why are you just taking it? And he's like, I'm looking at you like, why are you taking behind whippings and keep running your mouth, right? We're on both sides of the vantage points. But as adults, as we talk, he has more baggage than I have. Because I took ownership. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to say what I have to say. So whoever doesn't, whoever doesn't fit that chemistry, we're grown now. We don't need to have kumbayas with everybody. We need to find our people. So when we're talking about being narcissists and how you see it on your feet, yeah, they experienced it. But what I see a lot of people that have experienced it, they've been hurt. They There's pain that comes with it. There's lack of communication. There's fear. Because abuse doesn't necessarily mean that they're narcissistic because they abuse you. 
Because I want you to be in a room with somebody who whines every five seconds and see what happens to you as a person. Not condoning abuse, but I'm just saying bad chemistry is what makes these things happen. You and your aunt have bad chemistry. She seems like the typical black parent, but she has, y'all have bad chemistry because it's not how you felt you needed to be supported. Right? And a part of the job between two people is to explain, listen, I'm not getting supported the way I need to. But as you said earlier, you didn't have the tools necessary. Exactly. And then not only that, but then the final, I think I was saying it earlier, the meeting that we had where she was pretending like, because her ritual was like, oh, you know, she buy me something every holiday or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, I always thanked her. So it wasn't like I'll maybe, I think you were saying like maybe she could see me like, oh, as ungrateful or whatever. Blah, mm -hmm. blah, but that was never the case. Like I, I always thanked her for everything. Even to this day, like I can say like she did help me to a certain degree because I'm saying just like what I had to go through like emotionally and internally did have um, an impact on me. Um, and it's something that I had to uh, heal through. And, um, but with her, we did have a talk though. I don't know if you remember me saying we had the talk and I was asking her, she basically told me the reason that she was acting this way towards me was because she felt that she didn't live her life to the fullest. And then the other thing I forgot to mention, she didn't, um, she told me that she would get bullied by her, her older brother when she okay. was growing up. Mm -hmm. She got bullied, picked on and teased. And in a sense, I, I did, I, I felt like kind of like she was like a, like a covert bully in a way, in, in, like in a, like a, like a, a sly way. I don't know if I'm saying that word right, but like, yeah, like very covert. With but her. if you're empathetic, let's, let's go back to empathy based on what you're telling me, put yourself in her shoes. Without the information, because now you have more information. You did research, you're coaching, you have more information now. So now you're speaking from the information you have now. Think of her lack of information with all those experiences. What's her intention? Because let's be clear here. When you're talking about being a narcissist, the intention is to harm. What's her intention truly to harm or to give you the best life possible, but she's doing it the wrong way? She wants you to experience everything that she hasn't, she didn't experience. I, now that looking back, the way that she treated me, I think it was to harm. I do. Like the intent. It did harm. It did harm you. Was the intent to harm. Because when she's saying that, nobody says that what she just said. I never got this. So I'm hard on you because I want you to have it. That's oh, that's really, a sign of love. But I don't really agree with that. I don't. I, and the thing is, because if you know that you got bullied and you got mistreated growing up, why would you do the same thing to somebody else? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the bullying part. I'm talking about the fact that she gave you an explanation for why she's so hard on you. Like, clean this wall. Make sure this is right. Make sure this is right. She gave you an explanation basically saying, I want you to be a better version of me. Because that's all I can do. All I can do is teach it from my vantage point, right? Right, but she never explained that to me when 
she was doing that. That that was after. The fact. I would say I would say that was wrong. I would say that was wrong. That's so it's like she couldn't make that clear. I would agree. See, again, we're not talking about her parenting style was good. Let's right. be clear. We're not talking about her parenting style. We're just talking about the extreme of the diagnosis. So what I'm saying is her parenting style needed to be desired. It needed some touching up. Being that she was young and she, you know, you felt you didn't have a voice. Right? So her parenting style needed to touch up. I'm talking to the 32-year-old now. Without all of the younger stuff resurfacing. And I'm saying, looking at from your perspective, my whole point was, and just to make it a little simpler, is if you're expecting the person that is parenting you to be perfect, but that the parent is expecting you to be perfect, they're both doing the same thing. No, I she only knows what she knows. You only know what you know. So if you're not telling her what you're, what you're going through in real time, like, if you're not rebelling in that moment, when she's telling you what she's telling you, she's thinking you don't have a problem with it. Mm. That's the assumption. So you're now expecting her to read your mind, see all this stuff, because she's a parent. Can you do that now at 32? Can you say that you'll be, oh, I can just see when everybody's going through whatever. Or do you think no, communication is the key? No, communication is key. And okay. I think that ability that was on my end because I think what you said was right like I think and this is something that I'm working through too like if something does happen or you know something occurs and it's like maybe it was kind of weird or it was awkward uncomfortable whatever say something and I know that definitely I, that, definitely yes that, that was on my end mm -hmm. and I would say that I we would talk a lot though although like Although I was to myself, I would like tell her like stuff that's going on in my life, even while I was living with her, like stuff that was going on in school and relationships. And um, even after the fact that when I um, went no contact with the male narc, I had uh, called her and I was telling her everything. And it was like crickets. Crickets was on the phone. It's like I didn't. I don't know. Maybe it was just the way she grew up. I don't know. Yeah, you felt you wasn't being supported. And I'm saying it's your job to be supported, not hers. It's right. not her of job course. to support you. It's her, your job to show up with people that will support you the way you need support. Right. Because right. if we had a friendship and I'm like, oh, I'm like bragging about myself all the time, this great human being, and you have an issue with that and I keep doing it, how do I know you have an issue with it? If you're not telling me, but you're labeling me conceited, all these other things that have nothing to do with me, because I do think about other people, I do care about other people, I am, like, I'm I'm blunt because I care about other people. Like, I don't want to fight all the time, <laughs> but I do it because I do care. Like, I want to hear the other person's point of view. I open my mouth because, and say these things, just like I'm saying certain things to you, and most people probably wouldn't say. They'll probably be like, well... I guess she was a narcissist. I guess this, I guess. But I'm going to say it to you to get you to think. Because this is what we should be here for. We're both in the same profession. We're both trying to enhance people's lives. And if you can make me a better, you know, builder, and I can make you a better coach, that's what it's supposed to be about when we're having these discussions, right? So when you're, like, giving the past stories, I wanted you to 
distinct. I want you to really give a get a distinction because when you're helping the people that you're coaching, I want you to be able to call them out when the person's not a narcissist. They're just abusive, and a lot of the abuse, you got to ask people why are they staying, because nobody stays when they don't believe they're getting something out of it. So if I pay all your bills, you're using me too. I come home, I smack you, but you're actually using me because you have nowhere else to go. Right? So that's where it's the codependency starts. But nobody points out that part of it to start the healing process. When you're dealing with healing, first thing you have to do is hold the person accountable. You have to say, what do you think you went, even in the hardest situations, because that's how healing starts. Where did you go wrong? Where do you believe you went wrong? Because nobody joins any relationship, whether it was just staying too long. Regardless, you did something wrong. You have to first acknowledge where you went wrong so when you go forward, you don't do the same thing. And then we can start talking about the other person. But when you join the session with us, it's all you. We're focusing on you. When we're on the podcast, typically, I'm hearing your story. I want to understand where you come from. I want to understand your profession. You know, we didn't really get into your profession as much, but this is a... A relationship podcast, so it's a relationship between you, me, and the listeners right now. So I wanted to know more about what made you tick and what made you choose this profession over, you know, just, oh, you know, like, what's the diagnosis? Because I do know you, you the, the main focus is you don't want people to go through what you went through. You don't want people to be as isolated. You don't want feel, people that feel like they don't have a voice. But one thing you learned, you became a better person. Because now you're saying, I have a voice. I can decide. Something in your head told you you couldn't decide. And you didn't have a voice. And if I'm with somebody that really believes that in their head, but they're not telling me, I'm abusing them too without even knowing it. And if we say trust and honesty is the foundation of relationship, that person's abusing me too because they're making decisions for me. If you're feeling like you're in a place that's not beneficial to you, you have to have a discussion because we have a podcast about playing victim, which will offset the other part of it. Because if you're not saying anything, you enjoy being the victim. In every story, you because I, I can't see, I personally can't see myself in that. Like I, I could get punched in the face. And my first thing is like, what did I do for this person to punch me in the face? I want solutions. I want understanding. I want clarity. I don't want to stay in the, he punched me in the, that person punched me in the face. I don't want to stay in that cycle. I want to move past the cycle. And that's what your goal is, right? To get people to move past the cycle. So when you look at your aunt, like she has, she is, she had a lot of bad advice and a, a, a cycle of, of, bad advice because it's just our community as a whole. The advice is not great when it comes to family. Like, it's not a great thing. That's why we really don't focus on family. We don't do that. Because people want to hold on to them one regardless. So our main focus is friends. Our main focus is friends. Couples, singles, you know, parents. Because those relationships we choose.
So can you say through that experience you're a better person for it? Yeah, I could say that I am a better person. Um, it's unfortunately that I had to go through all that. But yeah, yeah. If, if I didn't go through it, maybe I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, this is we'll in there and hopefully you'll come back. We could have another discussion. I mean, I like the fact that you weren't afraid to share your story. You wasn't afraid to talk. You wasn't afraid to be vulnerable and show, you know, your perspective of what a narcissist looks like going through it, going through being in that, in the process of being in a narcissistic relationship and suffering from that abuse and moving on and now building the culture and coaching, building a better culture around it. But yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah. I mean, if anybody hears this um, podcast and uh, wants to reach out to me, um, you could definitely visit my website at www.livenarkfree.com. Um, you can also find me on um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at livenarkfree. Or you can send me an email at livenarkfree.com. I do offer um, sessions, uh, 90-day coaching programs, uh, courses. And um, I have a book coming out pretty soon called uh, Reclaim Your Life Back, um, My Journey into Understanding Narcissism. Definitely. So, you know, make sure y'all give her a call, visit her website, and make sure that y'all, you know, reach out. If y'all really need support, y'all really need somebody who's been through it and want to have a discussion with you and want to support you and work walk you through it she's your girl or your woman excuse me <laughs> all right enjoy <laughs>